0: This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Genesis chapter 41 this morning. I am aware of the time. I promise you, I know what time it is. Listen, I I go to lunch as well. So look, you know, and I, I don't miss lunch. So, I'm just going to throw that out there. In fact, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually thinking about where I'm going right now, and uh, it's all good, man. Welcome to Mo's. But uh, anyway, <laughs> but uh, we are in week nine of a study in the life of Joseph. Joseph. The series is called No Average Joe, and we named it that because, truthfully, There was a lot of things that were average about Joseph. There were no uh, amazing miracles that took place in Joseph's life. He didn't heal the sick, raise the dead. There was nothing like that. Joseph was a simple, normal man who went through some extraordinary problems. Had some extraordinarily difficult times in his life. And he found an extraordinary God through an ordinary life. And I don't know about you sometimes, sometimes I do feel like my life is ordinary. You know, and, and, and I love the mission stories, and, but you hear Andrew talking about, man, I was at that orphanage, and that little girl opened up that box, and she didn't have hardly anything in that box, but I saw that sign that God loves me. And you're like, okay, well this week, my kids were jerks to me, and They're horrible, and they weren't obeying, and I had to send them to their room, and I'm not sure if I'm disciplining my kid's right. Or you're older, and you're like, yeah, my kids are adults now, and they haven't called me in like three weeks, and so I'm not even sure what they're doing right now. My life is just ordinary. I hear of, you know, uh, God taking care of people financially and just blessing them, and well, guess what? I'm making the same thing I made a couple years ago. My life is just ordinary. But I want us to understand this morning that God does amazing things through ordinary people in ordinary circumstances that will simply trust an extraordinary God. And we're going to see a biblical principle today that applies to our lives. And how, how does the Bible apply to our lives? How can we properly interpret scripture that was written thousands of years ago and apply it for 2018? For today, Uh, better yet, how does this part of Joseph's story that we are going to read, how does it apply to us in 2018? How does it apply to Keystone Church in 2018? More specific, how does it apply to Keystone Church on Mission Sunday in 2018? Let's find out. Genesis chapter 41, verse 46. Joseph was been, has been in prison, interpreted a dream, has been forgotten for two years, has now been brought before Pharaoh to interpret a dream, and we're, this is where we're picking up. Verse 46, and Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt, and in the seven plenteous years the earth brought forth by handfuls. He gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities and the food of the field which was round about every city laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering for it was without number. Couldn't even count it. Verse 50, And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came which Asenath the daughter of Potipharah priest of On, bare unto him and Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God, he said, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called, called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth or famine began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the famine was in all lands. But in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all the countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because the famine was sore in all Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've already done in our midst today. God, if we left right now, I would leave full. But God, help us to overflow this morning. God, we've worshipped your name. We've heard about your cause. And God, now as we apply it to our lives, I pray that you would work. You would be here. This would not be just another service. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as Joseph interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, the the interpretation was that there were going to be seven years of plenty. There was going to be adequate rain. There were going to be crops. There was going to be money. It was going to be great. Everything was going to be fine. And then after those seven years of plenty were over, there were going to be seven years of famine. There would be no food. There would be no rain. It would dry up completely. And so Joseph... Creates this plan and looking back hindsight being 2020. I think all of us go. Oh, well duh. That's obvious But think about it from Joseph's perspective But Joseph is given charge over all of this process and Joseph decides that hey for this first seven years of plenty We're storing We're gonna store in that storehouse every single day every single week every single month We're gonna take the food and the grains and the and, and the and the, the crops that can be saved and we're gonna save it because we know what's coming. We know that in seven years, at the end of the seven years, there's going to be seven years of famine where there will be no food. And we will not have access to all of this. And so Joseph begins a saving process for a non-rainy day. He begins a saving process for a famine. He begins a saving process to take care of himself, his family, his uh, brethren in the Egyptian world and to the entire world, in all the lands, the Bible says. And this morning, I want to give us two applications from this story that will directly help us in our lives. The first application is very, very simple, and it's, it's very practical this morning. This is different the way, the way we usually preach. We usually preach a little bit more expositional, but t- for today's uh, Sermon and the way the day is, this is what we've got, and I know God has it for us. The first application today is God gives us biblical precedent for wise financial practice. God gives us biblical precedent for wise financial practice. My name is not, what was the old school dude, Clark Howard. My name is not Dave Ramsey. Okay, This is not Financial Peace University, even though that is awesome, and many people, including myself... Uh, need to need to adhere to that. I'm not here today to be your financial advisor. I am here today to give you verses similar to Proverbs chapter six, verses six, seven, and eight. Go to the ant, old sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, so without someone telling her what to do, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvests. Without being told, an ant will gather food in the summer in preparation for the harvest. An ant will plan ahead and will save for what's to come. And Joseph here practices a basic financial principle. And that is this. Those who save money for the future do not regret it. Do not regret it. You say, Josh, why are we talking about money here? Because it's a biblical principle. Because the Bible talks about money. In fact... I have not counted every verse in the Bible. I will say, but I have seen on numerous occasions from numerous sources that 20% of the Bible, one in five, talk about money. We're not here today to raise money for our church, so I'm going to talk about money. All right, is that cool? I'm not. One, oh, don't give me a dime. I'm not looking for a dime. We're not going to be at the end going, pow, We got a building fund for you guys to give to. No, I promise you. I'm just giving you biblical principles. A basic financial principle is that the person who saves money for the future seldom regrets doing so. Very fair. That's a very fair uh, application. It's a very fair principle from Scripture. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit. But anyone who is reckless certainly becomes poor. Notice that word, the second word in that verse, the plans. The plans of the diligent will lead to profit. Planning uh, gives the connotation that we're looking to the future. We're planning for something that is to come. And let me say this, if you do not have a plan, if you do not have a financial plan for your future, then you are planning to fail in your financial future. And let me just say this, everyone's story is different. Everyone's situation is different in their finances. I'm not here to give you detailed uh, instruction on your finances. Some people have money waiting for them. Some people have money that's going to be handed down. Some people have situations there. They know that everything is going to be taken care of at a certain point in time in their life. By the way, I would pause saying you know. Uh, Many people may believe that it's going to be there. You never know what's going to take place between now and then. All that to say, we need to be preparing for the future financially. Uh, No matter what stage in life you are in. My dad is going to be 75 years old this year, and he got into some real estate stuff about 15 years ago or so, and he always tells me, son, if I wouldn't have wasted my money in cars when I was your age, and I'd have started making, investing money in real estate, I would be much better off than I am right now, But he, so he was, in his, he was 60 years old, and he started investing in real estate, he started putting money into that. So all that says is it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're 18 years old today or younger. It doesn't matter if you're 58 years old today or older. Wherever you're at, you can begin to to, to take the biblical principles from His Word, the ant, without someone making her, preparing in the summer for what was to come in the harvest. We should all be wise with our finances, just like Joseph, and prepare for what could happen. None of us know what's going to happen in our finances. None of us know what's going to happen five years from now, seven years from now, five days from now. None of us know what is going to happen. And so proper planning and preparation is key. The truth is we should be prepared for the future, not just for our sakes, but for everyone's sake around us as well. As a father, nothing hit me harder than the birth of my daughters to say, hey, man guess what one day you're gonna be gone and they're still gonna be here start acting like it start planning like it start living like it and here Joseph as the years of plenty are coming I'm sure and the Bible doesn't record this so this is some Joshology but I'm sure that that while in those first seven years there were people that went hey Joseph hold up why are you throwing so much of that food in that storehouse Look, man, like we want to have more, man. I'm, I just ate, but man, I'm ready for dessert, man. Like, can we, look, look, let's take some of that out. Come on, let's take care of it. But Joseph knew, hey, listen, there's going to come a time when we're going to wish we had what was in that storehouse. And so I challenge you today to look in your finances and instead of looking at one year from now, look at one decade from now. Instead of looking at one week from now, look at 20 years from now. And where will you be financially? And you say, Josh, why are you talking about this? Because scripture talks about it. Because it's a principle given clearly right here in the life of Joseph. It's something that we ought to know and we ought to be prepared for. Craig Gershell, one of my uh, men I, I highly look up to in ministry, says this. There is no better time to start planning for the future than right now. There is no better time to start planning for the future than right. You can apply that in a lot of areas of your life, but financially. Very practical this morning. God gives us the biblical precedent for wise financial practice. But where I wanted to get this morning, understanding the time, I know where we're at. God blesses investment in the eternal. God blesses investment In the eternal. Let's not simply today apply scripture the obvious way that God is trying to teach us to save money for a a difficult time possibly in our life. Let's take a higher view. Let's take more of a, of a, uh, of a, of a, full view of this, a 30,000 foot view of this, and let's understand the higher principle, the more important principle, the more eternal principle, and that is Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is. Will be also. The principle, the the biblical spiritual principle in this is the person that lives for eternity is living a wife, a life, a wife, a life well lived. A life that is lived with the eternal in view, with what's to come in view, is a life that is well lived. The truth is this. As we live our lives, every breath we breathe, every dollar we spend, every step we take, every decision we make. There's a song there. Oh, I won't go there, though. <clears throat> um, <laughs> man, I could, though. I could. Da-da-da-da. All right, I feel the spirit. Um, everything we do. Everything we do, every decision we make, every breath. <laughs> Man, I got to move. I got to move forward. <laughs> got to move forward. <laughs> every decision we make in our lives, everything we do, we are either spending for the temporary or we are investing for eternity in all seriousness, as serious as I can be. Everything we do. Every word, every interaction, every relationship, we are either spending that on temporary or we are investing that for the future eternally. And my challenge this morning is for every hour, for every minute, for every dollar, for every experience, for every relationship, for every aspect of our lives, I want to challenge us To invest in forever instead of spending for the now. Invest for the eternal instead of spending for the temporary. You say, what does that look like in real life? Like Josh practically applied that. That means that that person you're friends with at work. Invest eternally. You say, that's difficult at my job. I know it is. I'm not asking you to ever do anything that would jeopardize your job or would go against policy and procedure at your job. I am telling you that that person at work has struggles, has hurts, has problems, has issues, has needs, has a family. And if they got a family, they got problems. They're married. If they're married, they got problems. I can just tell you. You know what they need? They need someone that will invest in them eternally. Don't waste a lunch. Don't waste an interaction. Don't waste it. Listen, those of you maybe that, are, that have teenagers or those of you that have maybe even uh, children that are adults, hey, don't waste those interactions. Don't waste those times. Let's invest in the eternal. Let's invest in the things to come. Let's invest in the heavenly things instead of spending for the temporary. Every night you have with your family. Every date that you have with your husband or with your wife. Every fun activity that you have with your kids. Every time you uh, have, have an interaction with someone at church. Every time you interact with someone at work. Every time you see that person in your neighborhood. Think am I spending for the now or am I investing for the forever? Am I spending for For the now, or am I investing in forever? Every interaction, every relationship God puts in your life, He has put it there for a specific reason. He has a purpose. He has a plan for your life and for my life. And for every single person we come in contact with, our job and our goal ought to be, how can we bless them for eternity? How can we bless them for eternity? Hey, did you know... That not everybody that trusts Jesus and begins a relationship with Him and receives Christ as their Savior has to do so within the walls of this gym, church. Did you know that, uh, that, that, uh, that our conversations and our interactions with people can lead there on the job after work, at lunch? Did you know that they can go there? Last couple of weeks, I, was, I work um, on the side uh, a couple of days a week um, at a job and I was in a vehicle with a, with a man who I've become pretty good friends with. And, um, we got talking and it wasn't me, it was just me and him. He starts asking me some questions and thank the Lord as through all of the talks and, and things, I was confident of his salvation, but I will say this. He has some serious questions and you know what? It wasn't anything bad. It wasn't anything inappropriate. It was simply a conversation that I let happen. He started talking, and you know what I did? I just let him continue to talk. And how many of you understand, if you minister to people, you know what they need most of the time? They don't need your words of wisdom. You know one of the big things, I don't know in my relationships, I just don't know what I'm going to say. You know it, perfect. Because most of the time, you know what people need you to do? Shut up and listen. Like, as my dad used to tell me, just shut up for Jesus. Every now and then. Just shut up for Jesus. But, you know, let's, let's be honest. Rarely does someone come to you or me and say, hey, I need you to give me the answer to my problem. I've got a problem. I need an answer. That's not typically what Look, my wife taught me that, and she's still teaching me that. Because my personality, I'm a problem solver. So don't tell me about a problem that you don't want me to solve. That's my mentality. You know? And you know what she says to me on a regular basis? Hey, I just want you to be my husband. Stop trying to be my pastor. She does say that for real. You know what? And I need to hear that. Just be my husband. Stop trying to be my pastor. I don't need you just solving problems, I just want you to listen. And I'm like, you're exactly right. We can invest in the eternal sometimes by just being quiet and letting the people that God has put in our lives talk to us. You know, it's amazing what what will come out it's amazing the doors that will open just by being a friend lending an ear we live in a society as we mentioned last week that we always want that answer right now right well sometimes people don't want an answer right now they just want to talk and if we'll shut up we can listen to them and you know what who knows what we may find out in that in that conversation that we allow to happen is that they are hurting and their hurt is because of, of something in their past and they have never given their heart to Jesus and God could use that as an opportunity to open that door. God could use that. You never know. Are we just spending frivolously our relationships, our lives, our money, our talents? Are we just throwing them away for the temporary things of this world for the fun, for the whatever the culture tells us to? Or are we investing our lives, our money, our talents, our energy, our relationships? Are we investing them for eternity? Because at the end of the day, that famine showed up. And there was a whole lot of happy people that were very pleased and happy because Joseph invested in the future. He invested in the, for the sake of the context of what we're talking about today, he invested in the eternal, the things to come. And there will be many people that would be happy if they interacted with you and they interacted with me if we would take it to the eternal instead of wasting it on the temporary. I love this parallel and we'll close with this. I love at the end, and we're not going to read again for the sake of time. The food was for the Egyptians first, and that's who got it. But the food was opened up to all the lands. To every country that could make it to Egypt, they fed them. What an What an awesome, for me, as I studied that, you know what I thought of? The gospel, everyone thought Jesus came for the Jews. That's what everybody would have thought. God's chosen people, this is their Messiah, coming for the Jews. What did we learn in the New Testament? That the gospel was not for the Jews only. Paul, Peter, all the other missionaries, Silas, guess where that gospel went? To the Gentiles, to me. To you, to every single one of us. A parallel here is that this, these rations were not just given to the Egyptians. These rations were for the whole world. The gospel is not given for one small group of people or one chosen tiny group of people. But the gospel was given for all. The most important investment in eternity that we can make is the investment of our souls into Jesus Christ. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 tells us. But the gift of God is Eternal. Life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And my question today if you're here and you have never invested your life eternally in Jesus, I want to tell you this there will be a day of famine in your life. You know what that day is called? It's death. There will be a day of famine. You will know you will take your last breath on this earth. And at that time, you will know whether you prepared for the eternal or you wasted for the temporary. If you say, Josh, I have never begun a personal relationship with Jesus. I have never received the gift of God, which is eternal life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I have never received that gift. I cannot be honest with you today and tell you that, Josh, I know that I have a relationship with Jesus. Today, the best thing you could do would be to invest in your eternal future. To invest in your eternal future. And you can make an amazing investment in the name of Jesus Christ. To the Christians today, to the believers, I simply ask this, have you been living your life investing in eternity, investing in the things that are to come? Josh, if we displayed your online banking account, talking to me, not any other Josh's that are in the room. If my online banking account was right there, and we looked at a summary of last month, Josh, am I investing in the eternal, or am I spending on the temporary? I know we got to spend money on different things. I told y'all I'm going to Mo's, <laughs> so we have to do that. We're eating today. Praise, praise the Lord. But, but let's let's take an honest look. Hey, Josh. The last 30 days, let's look at your time allotment. And if we could put a graphic up of my time allotment. How, many, how much of that time was spent in the things that will last for eternity? How much of that time was spent, let's be honest, wasting for the temporary? I ask us today to invest our energy, our time, our money, our lives. I ask us to invest them for the future. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit KeystoneRDU.com. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.